Welcome to the From Broke to Badass Masterclass series. I'm your host, Jennifer Griffith, and I'm collaborating with a network of successful women to learn how they live their best lives. The badass women in this Masterclass series share business, life, and spiritual advice and provide you with inspiration, guidance, and practical tips to help you achieve financial freedom, juggle the demands of home, family, and careers, and fulfill your purpose without sacrificing your dreams. Tune in and gather powerful guidance on how to be broken open, transformed, and go from broke to badass. On today's From Broke to Badass Masterclass, I'm joined by Sheila Netty, a wealth empowerment strategist, money coach, speaker, and trainer. Sheila is a founder of the Women's Wealth Empowerment Project and specializes in helping professional women build true wealth, claim financial freedom, and create a new powerful relationship with money. During our time together, Sheila talks about the importance of financial literacy and the powerful impact of having a positive mindset when it comes to managing money. She shares tips to help women better understand and manage their money and explains ways to build wealth through investments. Sheila also states that money is a tool and we must learn how to use that tool to help measure what we treasure. Listen in and be inspired. I am so excited to have you here because money is, as many of the listeners probably already know, money is one of my favorite topics. And the topic of women and money is also something that's very important to me. And what I think drew me to you was that you help individuals who are worried or anxious about money and you help them by empowering them and giving them the tools to better manage their money. So I'm so glad that you're here to share your wisdom with us. But for individuals who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us your story? Okay. Well, I'd love to. Um, to kind of get, kind of go back to my background, I grew up in Harlem and, um, and it's a, I wasn't in exactly the best neighborhood. Harlem is in New York and it had, I had drugs all around me and um, growing up as a child is not exactly the best neighborhood. So we lived in the projects and my dad did, um, he worked or he basically drove a bus at night and worked on a business during the day. And what I saw around me and watched him do was he worked and worked and worked himself. Uh, and I didn't see much change in our circumstances. And I saw the people around us who really didn't seem to be uh, going anywhere. Their lives were um, tragic in a lot of ways. And somehow as a child, I realized that I didn't want either one of these stories. I didn't want to work like crazy and appear to have nothing. And I also didn't want my life to go down the tubes and, um, and be involved in crime and everything else around me. So at that point, as a child, I made a definite decision that this wasn't going to be my life. I was going to have a better life. And from that point forward, everything I did helped to make that happen. So I went on to college and got a degree in physics and decided that, okay, going into science is the way to go. Went into the Navy, did that for a while, um, went as an officer. Uh, that was the way I got through school was to actually have the Navy. I was a Navy ROTC, so they paid for my college. And once I was done with my obligation there and I got married, 
I continued on into leadership roles in IT. So I ended up going information technology. And this was back in the early 90s. So at this point, there weren't that many women in, uh, in IT, and there weren't that many black women either. So it was really, you know, I would go to a place and I'd be alone. I'd be by myself as far as another woman and also another black woman. But I did not um, see that as a challenge. I just kept moving. And what I noticed as I went through is I did start making more and more money. And what happened to me at some point along the way is like, okay, I thought I made it, right? I was now making six figures. That was my goal as a child. I wanted to make six figures. I was doing what I loved. I loved it and enjoyed it. And I had started saving early on as a child. In my, I should say in 20s, I decided I was going to save and start putting money away. And I didn't really understand money. I just decided that I knew I needed to have a lot more to make sure my life was good and it was great. And I just decided that was going to be, you know, I knew enough to kind of get through. And then being at, uh, in a corporate environment, we had a 401k plan. So I started putting money away there, but I kept feeling like, okay, I made six figures. I should be doing well. My husband's doing well. We should be doing much, much better. And yet, I turned around before I knew it, I looked around and I had all this debt mm -hmm. and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Like, what is this about? Why do I have all this debt? Because when you looked around the house, I couldn't really figure out where was this? Where was this money? And I also wasn't sure whether I was going to make it. My goal was to retire at 55 and I wasn't sure if I was going to have enough money to do it, whether, um, what was I going to do about this debt? Was that affecting me? Was I going to get there? I, I, it all hit me when I stared at my bank account and realized that I had enough money to pay the bills, but that was it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where am I going? So from there, I decided oh, I have to figure out what's going on. And through that process of kind of coming to a realization that what I really wanted was not in, in was not being shown in my current world where I wanted this, but I, my outer reality did not, did not equal what I really wanted. And so from that point, I decided, okay, I've got to figure out what's happening. Why is my money disappearing? And why is it that I don't know where it's going? And what, you know, am I going to make it? So I really went through in a whole exploration through that process of figuring out what was happening with my money. And how do I get control of this thing called money? And how do I work with it better and how do I grow it and and do I you know what do I really want from the money what do I really want to have what do I want to really be and so through that exploration I figured out that I wasn't in congruence with what I really wanted so my thoughts and my beliefs were not in connect were not connected to what I was actually doing in the world <laughs> with my money and through that process of a lot of work I finally realized and shifted my behavior. And once I did, I went through a whole mass of learning everything I could about money, um, figuring out how do I grow it? How do I maintain it? How do I have it really support my lifestyle? Um, and through that, I was able to finally retire at 55. So I kind of shortened that story really quick, but that's really what happened. I was able to finally retire at 55. And so, okay, I'm retired. But then I realized a lot of other women wanted this dream too. 
-hmm. And I wasn't sure if they knew how to get there because I didn't know. I didn't learn it in school. I didn't learn it from anywhere. I realized that I had taught myself and figured it out myself, but I wanted to help other women do the same thing. So through this process, I decided to come out of retirement and really work on changing the conversation around money um, for women, professional women, particularly being my sweet spot, knowing what they go through to achieve their, their uh, career goals and the challenges they face. Mm-hmm. I wanted to help them change not only their lives, but their families' lives, and then hopefully having more of an expansive impact on the middle class as a whole and changing and, and, and helping them shape the world and having a bigger impact in the world. So that's kind of what drives me now is this whole passion of I could do it, you can do it, and we can change the world if we shift this conversation. We definitely can. And I love so many things about your story. I love that you made a choice to better your life. I love that you set goals, one being, you know, making a six-figure salary, one of them being retiring at 55. I especially love that you achieved those goals and you did it in such a great way. You nailed it right on the head, right? You said that a lot of us don't know, we're, we're just not taught to deal with money. whether it's our backgrounds, our upbringings, whatever the case may be. So financial literacy is so important to have, yet most of us don't have that. So can you talk to us a little bit about the importance behind that? And then also something you did very well is you had a positive mindset the entire time. You knew I'm going to do better. I'm not going to let my, my neighborhood or my lifestyle dictate my future. So can you explain the importance of financial literacy and then having a positive mindset, especially when it comes to money? Okay. Well, financial literacy is critical to achieving your goals. If you, and, and when you think about it, we have a system, particularly in the United States, that it doesn't teach money at all in schools. I mean, I also have an MBA. I didn't learn about money, (laughs) really money, in school. Um, And so it was something that I had to learn. Now, why that is, I don't know. But the key is, it is critical. Because if you don't know how to grow your money, if you don't have the knowledge to be able to uh, work effectively with a financial advisor, you won't meet your goals. You will not hit them. Mm -hmm. Because even not having the, um, the knowledge, it will allow decisions to be made about your money that you don't control and therefore you don't hit your goals. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it is paramount that we learn as much as we can about how to grow money, how to save it, looking at um, where you're putting your money. And I, I always look at the key being measure what you treasure, right? So money is the key. It's a tool. And so if we look at it as simply as a tool and remove the emotion around it and look at it, okay, you need to learn the skills on how to use this tool. Mm-hmm. So that's where financial literacy becomes so critical. And it's just not there. It's just not available, readily available without you going out and doing it. And then there's also a lot of misinformation um, these days, particularly on the internet as to what, how does one grow it and, and, have, and good luck on finding one spot that actually gives you all of that information. Um, that, but it's there. It is, uh, you can do it. But I determined that based on my research, it's not all in one spot. And that's partly why I decided I had to start uh, my own business to try and help shift that. 
the, um, the positive mindset is critical. And I, I believe that a lot of what happens to you is around what you think. And so your thoughts control your actions, which controls your feelings, which controls, you know, so your thoughts control your feelings and then your actions. So basically, if your thoughts aren't positive and your feelings then aren't positive, then your actions won't also won't need to be positive, will be positive, but they aren't, they won't be. So it was critical for me to meet my goals. I had to look at everything as, okay, this happened, what's the next action for me to take? And one of the things I did when I ran into that, my epiphany of like, oh, where's my money going? I really looked at what was happening. I came to it from an analytical standpoint. The one thing that has happened here, uh, happened around with everybody, is that money becomes so emotional. We have so much shame and guilt and embarrassment around money when we don't need to have that. It is, it is so, it's terrible that we, we go through that and then, you know, the emotions then drag us down and then we don't make good decisions about what to do next. So it's, it is critical that we kind of pull ourselves away from it, remove all this emotion around it, the guilt, the shame, embarrassment, release it because whatever beliefs you have about money, you learned them as a child and you had no control over that. So if you look at it from that angle, now it's like, okay, I didn't have control of that. This is what they are, but I get to take control and I get to change it. And if you look at everything as a challenge and something you can work through, then it, it makes everything doable. It makes everything possible. So what do you say then to women who want to kind of better manage their money and know where their money is going? Where, what can they start implementing? The first thing you can do is really kind of take a stock of where they are. Like what, know where you are. As I said, measure what you treasure. So let's sit down. You know, you need to sit down and actually figure out where's your money going? Where are you spending it? Um, I know some people hate the word budget. I do too. And I use something called a spending plan. So what I do is I actually work through and say, okay, let's figure out exactly where you are so I have my clients actually figure out what, where the, where's the money going right now. Then we look at where do you want it to go. So we look and dream and, and figure out what is it you really want? What is it that you really want to have, be, and do? I mean, because without that, money is nice, but if it's not really um, supporting your values and your dreams and the lifestyle you really want, it won't get you there, right? So once you know where your money is going by sitting down and figuring it out and laying it all out, looking at all your bank accounts, looking at everything you have, looking at where your money is actually going, what are you spending it on? Then you can now make some shifts. Once you have that information and you know where you want to go and what you want to do, then you can now have a way of understanding what's happening. Now you can come up with a spending plan based on your values and your, and your goals as to how that money should be spent and where it should go. Because now you've got the information, the data to make good decisions about the money. And then you can look at if you have debt, okay, how do I pay down the debt? You know, you can put that together. And there's a certain way I really love 
doing that where you don't have to necessarily give up everything. I know a lot of people look at, oh, I've got to pay off debt. So I've got to crunch down and, and I can't go anywhere and I can't have a vacation. Not necessarily. There's a way to work through your debt and work through your money and still be able to have some ability to have the lifestyle you want, it, depending again on how much debt you have. But I think that it's, it's doable and that a lot of people don't view it. But a, the first step is knowing where you are, understanding where you are. And isn't it interesting that a lot of people really have no idea where their money's going? Mm-hmm. You know, you can say, well, I know I have rent and I have my car bill. But when you think about it, you, a lot of people don't know how much they average monthly on gas or groceries or whatever the case may be. And it's important to know those things, right? Because as much as I hate having doing budgets, it's very helpful to know at least averages. Okay, we tend to average this amount on necessities, this amount on bills. And then we know how much we have left over because I completely agree with you. You know, we were in a situation where we were $100,000 in debt and we created a very intentional lifestyle to pay off that debt. But in doing so, we also budgeted a little bit of money to know that, you know, once a, once a month or once a couple times a month, we, we could go out to dinner. We can treat ourselves to something. So then it didn't feel like we were just in the grind and living to pay our bills, even though that's really what we were doing. But we wouldn't have been able to budget or allocate for those treats if we really didn't know where our money was going. So if you're working with a woman, and let's say she's worked to pay off her debt, she now has control of where her money's going, she has an ideal plan in place to know you know, how much she would want to spend or have to live her ideal lifestyle, how can she then build wealth? She has the money she, she needs, then what? Where do you invest? Okay, well, there's the three components of really investing in a sense, you, you got to look at three things. How much money you have to invest, the time component, how much time do you have to have it grow? First of all, of course, knowing the goal where we're trying to get to with this investment um, and the compounding amount. So the amount that is going to grow. So when you look at those three things, you need to look at where, how much money do you have? and where the investments. I always suggest, and again, I'm not a financial uh, advisor, so let me make that clear. And, um, but I think the common um, uh, strategy is to look at the lowest priced option that gives you the highest amount of income, if you will, or investment um, compounding. So for instance, index funds, uh, which are funds that are tracking to an index and also have a low fees. So the one place that I think is a place that we always, a lot of people shy away from because they don't understand it is the stock market. And there is so much value to be made there. There's so much money to be made there. But if you stick your money in a low investment that's only gaining you like 2%, that's not going to get you where you want to go. You need to be able to invest in something that's going to get you a higher return for your money. And one of those is index funds. Another is called an ETF. But it's exchange traded funds. And what you're looking for are low fees, low costs, because, and there's index ETFs. And so you want to stay in the low cost and it doesn't mean low compounding. And then you look at your time horizon, how much time do you have and what's the average. And then from there, you can make adjustments as you need to. But those are the, the kind of the key points to think about 
low fees is key because most people get killed with fees. Most people jump to a month. If they don't know anything about investing, they might go into a mutual fund, but they don't look at the fees associated with it. And you can eat away at your return um, dramatically. So that's one thing to, you know, look at the money compounding and the amount of money, the compounding and the time. Also look at your risk and how much risk can you handle. The one thing that you want to think about and the one thing that everybody thinks about is you want to put your money in investments where you feel comfortable and understand that any investment is a risk outside of, you know, a bank that's paying you 2% or less, there's, there's a risk. And so understanding that risk, you don't want to invest money that is, you know, going to affect your living. So it needs to be something that you can handle that if it disappears, understand it's likelihood is unless you invest in some really risky things, um, you know, the, the chances that the market does cycle. So be understanding of that. And another thing is that you really need to let it grow. You invest and you leave it. You adjust as needed as time goes on. But the one critical thing I've seen people do is that when the market drops, they pull out. Mm -hmm. It's unrealized loss. It's unrealized losses until you pull it out. When you pull it out, the loss happens. So when you understand that, you can leave your money in and understand that it needs time to grow. And another thing that I suggest people look at is your own industry. So for instance, when I was investing a lot more, I invested in IT stocks because that's what I knew. I knew those businesses. I knew what they were doing. I knew what was going on in the industry. And so I invested in those and that helped. The same thing I would suggest for my clients is invest in an industry you know so that that way it's actually easier for you to come up to speed on what companies are doing in that area and to stay on top of it. So, um, so if you do that, like for instance, in IT, you go with NASDAQ as an index fund. You know, so it would be a way of sticking with it where it's something you know, you know what's going on with it, and it helps you grow it. So that's one way of, of sticking with it. And investments really are the key. Now there's also real estate. So that's another avenue for people. Again, you have to look at what you can handle and what you can't. And it, but it is a good way to grow because real estate, when you own buildings, you own the property, yes, it will cycle a little bit, but more often than not, over time, it appreciates and grows in value. And then you have an asset backing up, you know, backing that up so that the loss is, again, mitigated, but there's risk involved in real estate as well. Yeah, so those are the general ones. I love that. So uh, if someone really doesn't know where to start, because this is one thing where I feel like I've done a great job of paying off our debt. We live now with cash only, but the one area I still struggle with is this area because I don't understand it and it's, it's daunting. So for someone who doesn't know who someone who wants to go to that next level, what would be three practical takeaways to help them implement, um, kind of this financial freedom lifestyle and then also build wealth. I know you, you mentioned a couple in, in understanding, um, you know, how to, what to look at or want to invest in, but what would be the things you would tell a complete newbie like me in this sense, if, you know, we, if we really want to take our money to the next level, then what do we hire a financial advisor? What do we do? Okay. Well, the, the number one thing, of course, is to figure out what you want, right? So that's the first thing. What do you want? What do you want the money to do for you? Are, did you have the same goal I have as retiring early? Um, do you want to have a certain amount of lifestyle? What is it? and have a number in your head, an, an amount. 
I really believe that's important because I think that if you're not driving to something, it makes it kind of nebulous, right? So you don't really know where you're going. So it's, it's the same thing of, you know, deciding it until anywhere will work. I mean, you don't know where you're going. So the first thing is figure out where you really want to go. And it may take less money to get there than you think it does. So um, there are a number of different um, retirement calculators that kind of give you, if retirement is your goal, figuring out what, how much money you need. Once you have that laid out, then you look at, okay, it's, let's say I'm going to pick a number or say that you need $2 million. So when you look at the $2 million, okay, where are you now? Where you assess where you are now. If you are not there and you've already been working with a financial advisor, then you can go ahead and talk to them about where am I? This is how much money I have. This is where I want to go. What would you suggest? Then get their suggestion and you do your homework. You look at that, see, you know, look at those investments. As I said, financial literacy is key. So read and learn more about financial instruments so you can have some knowledge about whether this fits your risk um, tolerance because that's the key. It really needs to fit you. And the one thing that I think sometimes um, uh, people think about is that, well, I want to do, you know, they don't understand what is going on in the market. They don't understand it, so they don't want to follow. Well, that's your financial advisor's job to follow it and give you reports on what's going on. But it's your job to make the decisions of whether this follows your values and your goals. So you have to, you have to get educated. That's the number one thing, too, on financial literacy. So you need to get educated on just having the understanding of the basics. You do not have to become a financial advisor or have that level of understanding. What you want to understand are the basics of what's, what is stock, what's real estate, what do I want to invest my time and energy in based on the goal that I set. Then after you've come up with that, and you've determined that, okay, I'm going to invest in the stock market. I'm going to do that investment. Then the key is uh, your 401k. Is that behaving the way you want it? Take a good look at that because that's one of the areas where fees can kill you. Mm -hmm. And so that's the third place I would definitely look. Is your 401k on track? Is it building the way you want it? And are the fees reasonable? Because there's choices within a fun, uh, most 401ks. And sometimes you can have um, too high of a fees that you're paying. Some of it you can't control, but some of it you can by the choices you make within the choices you're given. So you need to look at that. Again, it doesn't, you're just reading the perspectives, reading what's, what's, what the risk and what's entailed in a particular fund um, and understanding that. And then the last thing that I really think that once you've kind of figured out that, whether it's real estate, whether it's a combination of real estate and then um, and stock investments, which I think it, you know, sometimes it is, or if it's just stocks, then you basically, then you need to manage it, which means you need to be watching it and taking a look at where it is. But understand that this is a long haul. This is a over years. So you need to keep your emotions in check and look at it as strictly from data and making decisions on this from a, less than emotional standpoint. I think that's probably the, the key. When it comes to money, we need to remove our emotions and look at it simply as, is this going to get me from A to B? Is this going to move me to where I want to go? And that is like the, 
the holy grail if you can remove your emotions out of it then you really have control and you really have a tool that can work for you and build wealth. So do individuals normally work with you in conjunction with a financial advisor? And how does what you do uh, in your work with individuals differ from them? Basically, yes, I do have the, the clients usually work with their financial advisor on what we've laid out from their blueprint. So when I work with a client, I'm really working through what do they want? How are they gonna get there? Where are they now? Should say too, and where how they're going to get there. So I work with them in developing a blueprint that lays out uh, part of that's mindset. So we deal with their mindset first and kind of work through the mindset because I find a lot of people have mindset um, challenges they are not aware of that's actually causing them to not be able to move through this um, and get to their goals. So we work through that. We work through coming up with a way for them to manage their money. And um, and I have certain things I take them through, and then we go through investments and we look at okay, now we know how much money you have. We also look at ways to build more money, meaning they might decide that they're hitting a glass ceiling at the work and they want to um, work on promotions and they want to build more money. So they may need a need, in order to meet their goals, they may need to bring in more money. So we look at how to make that and how to maximize that. Um, and then we go ahead and work with their financial advisor on based on now their understanding of where they wanna go come up with the investments that will allow them to get there and help them reach those goals. And then from that point, um, we create the complete blueprint that now they can use to continue to modify and stay with. And now they have the tools, they have the financial literacy, they have the tools they need to contain, continue to manage their money, and then they have the, the tools to measure where they are according to their goals and to stay on track. Oh, I love that people like you exist in the world because I think it's such an important thing. You're the educator that most of us did not have and wish we had in school, right? Whether it was high school or the universities. And I think this is something that needs to start early on. Uh, money management, I think, should start in junior high, to be honest. You know, just oh, like agree. we need to have home economics. Mm -hmm. Let's do, a, a, you know, money management courses. But who knows if that'll ever happen. It's hopeful it could because it is available. That's a sad part. Um, there's actually foundations that exist that have free curriculum for um, teachers that can actually help them. But, but because of the school systems and some of the things, it's, it's kind of sad because the stuff is there available for kids for, um, to teach them to have everything put together and actually start to really give them the information they need to get started on the right foot. So Sheila, one question I have for all of the experts on this series is, do you have a morning and or evening ritual? And if so, would you mind sharing that with us? Sure. Um, I have a morning ritual. Um, I uh, meditate first thing in the morning. I find that meditation was the key for me becoming aware of my uh, beliefs and uh, thoughts that I wasn't you know, quite conscious of. So that was kind of a critical, it opens you up to be aware of your um, feelings and thoughts. So I, I love meditation. I do that first thing in the morning. I then uh, do a visualization and affirmations. So I believe that by helping, that keeps me in that positive mindset. So by choosing all of that and figuring it out and making sure they're in line with where I want to go and what I want to do, that helps me stay um, on track and start my day off supercharged. And then, um, and then I do my exercise. And after that, I go ahead and I actually do some personal development. So I will read uh, a book. I will um, do an audio book. 
everything else. Anything that I find is really um, enhancing my uh, positive focus as well as, you know, uh, staying on top of things. So what's going on in, in, um, in the money world as well. So I do that all in the morning. Um, and in the evening, I actually, before I go to sleep, I reflect, I do a gratitude. Um, and I think about three things I'm grateful for. And then I also think about um, that, what did I, what can I celebrate from the day? Mm-hmm. I love that. And how long are your rituals normally, your morning and evening rituals? My morning rituals is my morning rituals about an hour, so we actually can get a lot done in do a lot in an hour. Um, so it's about an hour, and then depending on how much reading I do, it can be an hour and a half at the most, but it's an hour um, generally speaking. And then um, in the evening, it only that's only like maybe ten minutes. So did you start with an hour in the mornings, or did you gradually build up to that? I gradually built up. Um, at first, I started with just the meditation. I would do like ten minutes, and then I would do um, my reading and my visualization. Um, and then I, I just added exercise in the last couple of years. Um, before that, I didn't exercise. So my hour actually was involved in all those things and exercise wasn't in it. <laughs> and then I added exercise, which meant I had to cut back on some of the other things to make all that fit within an hour. But sometimes I go an hour and a half. And luckily now I can do that if I want to. <laughs> I love that. And it's such a powerful way to start the day. Now, Sheila, if individuals want to find you uh, either on social media or via your website, or if they want to work with you, where can they find you? They can find me on my website, uh, which is SheilaNetti.com, S-H-E-I-L-A-N-E-T-T-I.com. Um, there they can get my, there's, uh, they can find out more about me there. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, so, um, and you can look up Sheila Netty and you'll find me right there. There's only one of me. <laughs> so that makes it easy. Uh, you can find me at both places. I have a Facebook page, a business page, and then I have a LinkedIn profile. I do have a free gift for your listeners. Um, basically it is a, an e- a guide that describes the three surprising ways that professional women stop themselves from reaching their financial goals. So, um, I think that that would definitely get people started in the right direction. Um, it's surprising to me how many people and, you know, don't know or don't realize what they may be doing that's actually definitely causing them not to hit their goals and, um, and hit the financial goals particularly that they want to hit. And these are smart women and powerful women. So I use that as a, you know, as a, uh, in the guide, they'll learn uh, some of the things that they could be doing and, how, and some ways to, to shift it. Oh, and another reference I forgot to mention uh, was a book by Tony Robbins. And I know he's not known for money, but he wrote a book called Money Master the Game. It's a really good book for getting kind of the basics of when you want to move, you know, you want to move to financial retirement and financial freedom. It's actually a very good book and giving you the basics. He actually interviewed billionaires and puts in their knowledge, a little bit of their knowledge into this book. And I definitely recommend it to all my clients and have them read it. So again, Tony Robbins, Money Master the Game. Thank you for listening to the From Broke to Badass Masterclass series. I hope you're feeling inspired to take control of your finances, create balance, and live your best life. To continue your journey of transformation, be sure to join the In the Life of Zen tribe where for only $5.55 a month, 
you'll receive weekly guidance, inspiration, and tools to make you even more badass than you already are. For less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you'll have access to weekly powerful mantras, meditations, tapping sessions, tip sheets, and articles to help you live the life of your dreams. Visit www.inthelifeofzen.com to join this badass tribe. And if you know other women who will benefit from these interviews, please spread the love by sending them the link to this masterclass series. And stay tuned for more from In the Life of Zen. Visit us at inthelifeofzen.com and follow us on social media at In the Life of Zen.